BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey gang, welcome back. This is Betting Everything with Wheels. I'm Phil, I'm here with Steve. Steve, what's going on, brother? What's going on, buddy? Uh, just you and me today. This is going to be a little bit different show, a little bit of a different atmosphere. So hopefully uh, the listeners still uh, like what they hear, you know? Well, I'm sure they will. We can pretty much say anything with the winning streak that we've been on. That's a great point, yeah. I mean... As long as uh, we keep winning, I don't think people really care what we had to say, right? It's exactly right. So <laughs> in the last five weeks, Steve, I don't know if you know this, in the last five weeks, we're up 64.54 units overall. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people in the other sports would uh, be, be pretty happy with those numbers, don't you think? I Definitely. Definitely. In our year-to-date number, we have crawled and scraped and battled back from a 40 point or a 40 unit deficit earlier this year. And now we're positive 80.65 units. I love to see it. I mean, I was thinking about uh, last year's kind of uh, final results. I think we ended up just over a hundred. So really, I think we're right on pace to where we, uh, we were in the end of the year last year, right? Yeah, man. Uh, it was 131 actually 131. So in the last, I don't know, 18 months, we're up 210 units plus, which is absolutely absurd for betting like a niche sport. So this is awesome. All right. Love to see it. I, I was, I, I'll be honest. I was a little concerned at the, at the beginning of the season, but trust the process. Um, hashtag Joel Embiid right there. Hey, um, hometown hero. <laughs> but yeah, and, man, it's, uh, yeah. Like you said, it, it's been, we just trust the data, trust what we've been doing, and uh, just kind of battled through. I think it took for the the new car that we needed more data points. So in the beginning of the year, you know, we found out that the old stuff was irrelevant, and we just we needed more data points. And here we are, man. You're you're the best in the business. We are very grateful to have you, and I'm sure all of our listeners that stuck it out with us are also. So, man, this is great. But uh, 
This is a little bit different. We're on a Thursday afternoon. It's three o'clock, so we're way out of your regular time time zone. Why is that? Why are we doing this early? We got a pretty uh, pretty different schedule this week. We got um, we got our usual three uh, races for the weekend, but the problem is that uh, we got NFL on Sundays now, right? So we do. I think this is the time of the year that NASCAR kind of likes to shake it up a little bit, do some more night racing to really fill that Sunday with uh, football on TV screens Sunday all day long. So that, you know, um, conflicted with their viewing of pleasures and habits. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, NFL is an absolute wagon, an unstoppable force. So in order to maintain ratings, to keep those uh, the the advertising dollars, the sponsors happy. NASCAR did the right thing and they're moving it around. So we get a Thursday night race tonight. We get a Friday night race tomorrow and a Saturday night race uh, to round out the weekend. So all three classes all at night. It's awesome. And it's Bristol. It's Bristol. It's a short, short track, high bank, your favorite track, my favorite track. I love this weekend. It's, it's my favorite one of the year. Absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, really, the night the night race used to be the spectacle of NASCAR. I mean, you used to have to wait years and years to get a, a, a cup race ticket for the Saturday night race, and it, it's not quite like that like that way anymore. But this is kind of like a, a big piece of history in sports. So, they, you know, they're keeping it going this weekend, Saturday night, and um, so yeah, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, just night racing at Bristol is awesome. Yeah, and it's a, a cutoff race for the Cup boys, so we should see some. Some really desperate, desperate playoff drivers out there. Yeah, for sure. I I, I like what I like uh, what the the direction NASCAR has gone in the scheduling the past few years. They kind of they really know. I feel like they really know what they're doing in regards yeah, they, to scheduling. It, it feels like they nailed it. I mean, uh, you know, to have Daytona as the last race before the playoffs. I mean, that's a you know a thrilling, thrilling race where anything can happen. And then, you know, to have Bristol as the cutoff race for the first round of the playoffs, incredible scheduling. I mean, this is this is like the Thunderdome, uh, half mile. Anything can happen. They're going to be beating on each other. It's awesome. Love Bristol. So what do we have to look forward to first tonight? we got the trucks. Um, what direction are we looking? I know we we have a little bit of a ladder play out there, and I love I love that. We came home with, with John Hunter Nemechek last weekend. What are we doing tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the uh, John Harneman check play because uh, I, don't, we, I think we were kind of um, on a pretty exclusive uh, territory there. I didn't see a whole lot of guys on John Hunter, I and mean, uh, he was ranking out really well in the model for the mile and a half tracks. So I feel like we kind of found a diamond in the rough there. So, And that's a weird to- thing to say about John Hunter Nemechek, who's been like the, the odds-on favorite probably in what? 80% of the races this year, 75% of the races to say yeah, that he was a diamond right. in the rough. And obviously last year he was, he was always the number one guy. So last year, I feel like people were betting him every week. And then this year they kind of got off of him and we got right back on him and with no, uh, no fear. So that's, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that one. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a, that was a great call by you. And it felt good. You know, when we were talking it over and you're like, I like JHN. I was like, Oh man. Awesome. Awesome. It's it's his time. It, it felt right. So, yeah, we, we cashed a nice ladder with him. Uh, where are we looking this week, brother? Well, I think we're going to go back to his teammate, uh, 
Chandler Smith. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself. He opened up at plus 700. Um, but last week we saw John Hunter. He, he's been uh, kind of the guy to play on the mile and a half tracks, but we're going back to the short tracks. So now we can kind of pivot once again to his teammate in Chandler Smith. Um, Chandler Smith, he's kind of been the guy for in, in the, uh, the ARPA series. So he has a lot of track experience on the, on the, on the shorter tracks. So same exact equipment. I just feel like he's been the guy in this type of racetrack this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we got to do to, to stay ahead of, um, you know, the markets is zig when they zag. So what do you know? John Hunter is a $3 favorite to win the race plus 300. Chandler Smith is the second betting favorite at five to one in, in most spots now. So pretty significant, you know, uh, difference between John Hunter and his teammate Chandler Smith, but, I think it's time to zag it. it we, we cashed one with Chandler Smith earlier this year as well. So we've got some good memories there. Five to one feels good. Yeah. And here's a classic example of doing uh, shopping around. Um, you can get Chandler Smith to win at plus 500 on DraftKings and plus 400 MGM to win. However, the top three market, you get Chandler Smith plus three at MGM for plus 110. And then you go to DraftKings and it's plus 100. So yeah, I mean, shopping. That that is weird. That that the um, that there's a four dollar difference between Chandler Smith's uh, win and his top three number. That's you generally don't see a disparity like that at the the top end of the field. So uh, awesome! Really looks like something we can take advantage of there. Yeah, for sure. So I guess spoiler alert: I did play Chandler Smith for the top three at plus one ten to go with along this outright. So. Well, it wouldn't be a ladder without multiple rungs. So I think that's that's the way to go. <laughs> um, who else Who else do you like in the outright market? I think we have one more. Yep. I just took uh, Stuart Friesen plus 1,500 on DraftKings. I feel like that's a pretty solid number there. A guy that's still in the playoffs. Um, guy that's that does a lot of racing outside of just the truck, a truck series. He, he does a lot of dirt racing. So the guy has a lot of experience when it comes to racing shorter tracks, dirt tracks, et cetera. Um, really picked up the pace quite a bit this season. If you look at his numbers overall, when it comes to just specifically short tracks, he ranks fifth in my rankings. And um, he's been really a lot better, and especially at Gateway, IRP, and Richmond. He's kind of been um, – yeah, I mean, he's, he's up there pretty good in numbers. So um, – Plus fifteen hundred. Um, you're getting a solid uh, value on him there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Stewart had a pretty good year. I think he's fifth in the the standings, um, and he's got the fifth best season green season long green flag speed amongst the series regulars. So that's really good. He's been just really really efficient on pit road, which is kind of kind of crazy for such a small team. I mean, it's it's his team. Um, and I think they're, they're eighth overall for four tire pit stops. So we're, we're seeing this team overachieve. And I think that has a lot to do with, I mean, Stu's a wheel man. I mean, he, he, he drives a lot of dirt races during the week. The last time we were at Bristol, this thing was covered in dirt. So, uh, you know, a little bit different this time around, but you know, short tracks, this is kind of right in his wheelhouse. So 15 to one, man, that, that feels like great value. I'm not sure if it's going to come home, but you know, I would be kicking myself in the butt if we didn't have the ticket and he was in contention. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, a 15 to one there, I think you're getting one of the faster trucks and then uh, it's Bristol. So you get a lot of, I think there's a little bit more of a high variance racetrack. So if you can uh, get somebody with a little bit longer odds, I think uh, the, the odds themselves, I feel like it should be a little bit closer to each other because of the unknowns that can happen with uh, the beating and banging, you know, so you never know what can really happen at the end. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw it last year in the Xfinity series, you know, with the top five all, all beating each other up with two laps to go. So, I mean, things can, things can happen at Bristol. That's for sure. So um, we already talked about Chandler, Chandler Smith in the top three. So why don't we round out the rest of this top five? Um, I think we're going back with freezing, right? Two to one on MGM. Yep. We got freezing and we got two more guys that we haven't talked about yet in that field. So. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Chandler Smith's teammate, Corey Heim. Absolutely. So, I mean, when you think of KBM, you're thinking of, I'm really, really just overall pace, but you're, you're really thinking about um, Corey Heim in a 51 truck for sure. And uh, his ARCA experience kind of like similar to Chandler Smith. And he's been really strong on the short tracks this year. I feel like um, this is what, what he knows best when you get to like the, intermediate tracks he's so kind of I feel like he's kind of still learning about the arrow and how that plays and how it affects the truck etc not really going to see a whole lot of that this weekend and at bristol so i feel like Corey heim um somewhere he's comfortable in a very fast truck can definitely pull out at least a top five here yeah i mean these these kbm wagons have been just i mean they're they're the the class of of, of the circuit i think they they are routinely in contention to win week after week after week. You know, if it's not John Hunter, it's Corey Heim. If it's not Corey Heim, it's whoever else is in the all-star truck. You know, it's, it's just, it's always a KBM truck is in the, in the discussion. So I really like that play. And I really like this next one. The, we're, we're going to Thor sport and it may not be who you think. Yeah. Most people I'd say probably would take Ben Rhodes in this spot, but really Ben Rhodes hasn't really been the guy this year when it comes to um, really any type of racetrack. I mean, he's been struggling across the board, I think from what I've seen visually. And I think a guy like Christian Eckes has kind of taken over the role a little bit in regards to that. And I think a lot of it starts on pit road uh, with his, with his, his speed on pit road, um, obviously, you know, not, not speeding, but <laughs> right, on right. off pit road, uh, has been very good. And his, his on track pace is pretty good as well. He ranks just outside the top five in my driver average metric there. So the combination there, it feels to me like it's pretty good for uh top five at plus 200. Yeah. I, uh, I accidentally grabbed plus 175 earlier this week on Eckes the top five because I, I thought that was good value I mean he's sixth in your metric I think he's sixth in my metric so you know with with all the havoc that can happen that feels like a great great price so 200 I mean that's uh you know just a cherry on top but yeah Eckes has the number one pit crew and you know Rhodes his team is third but the difference between first and third is 1.2 seconds per stop in in, in my data set which is an absolute hmm. eternity. That is, that is ridiculous. So Eckes is just, you know, leaps and bounds above roads. And here at Bristol, you know, 1.2 seconds, how many cars can get past you? I mean, it's a 13 second lap. So, right. you know, that, that, that can, you can lose five, six, seven spots on pit road with something like that. So um, I, 
I really think that that Ekis, a top five, is completely, completely within the realm of possibility of things that can happen just because his his team is so strong. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And while, while we're talking about a, a, a Ben Rhodes and Ekis comparison, I was talking about the matchup that we did play. We played Ekis over Ben Rhodes at minus 110. So all for all the reason we just stated, uh, Ekis is gonna, should be able to win that matchup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I may have jumped the gun there by bringing Rhodes into it. But, yeah, we, we like Ekis minus 110 over Rhodes. That's uh, on DraftKings. And we have two other matchups that I like a lot. Um, starting with uh, the freezing over uh, Carson Hosevar play, uh, we got a plus 100. I believe it's moved to minus 110. Uh, that's perfectly playable. Uh, for, we like freezing for all the reasons we've already mentioned, and um, we're kind of fading Carson Hosevar a little bit here for a couple of different reasons in my book. Uh, the first one is the fact that uh, he's out of the playoffs, unfortunately. I like the guy, but. Unfortunately, he just couldn't get it done with the win last week, and um, kind of hurt the uh, the momentum for him a little bit there. And he really last week that win was uh, not really uh, something that was in the cards for raw speed. He kind of used strategy there to try to be different, and it almost worked. John Hunter kind of ran him down there in the last couple laps and got by, but Carson uh, didn't, didn't really show the speed, and now he's kind of a little bit on downswing because of his um, recent playoff whiff. Yeah, I mean, he needed to win last week, and, you know, his his crew chief, they threw up a Hail Mary, and it it almost worked. It, it almost worked. That was the equivalent of getting uh, pass interference on the one and then throwing a pick in the end zone with no time left is, is kind of what happened. He just – ran out of tires. So, you know, we think that he's a young guy. I think that getting eliminated from the playoffs is going to hurt, you know, especially because he's come up short so many times this year, you know, he's had race winning trucks and just couldn't get it done for, for whatever reason, his own fault, other people's fault, myriad of issues. But I think, you know, uh, Stewart still being alive, not just in this round, but for, you know, the overall title, I mean, Mm-hmm. He's got he's got a great shot. And, you know, I think the motivation edge, we're going to see it. You know, that's a check mark in, in Stu's box. And, you know, the pit stuff that we talked about, um, Friesen's better at, at the, the four tire stops. He's got better uh, green flag speed in 2022. Just Stu is the guy. It, he, he checks every box when it comes to to handling a Hasavar matchup. So um, the, no matter how many how many cool hats he has. <laughs> I, I don't think he wins this matchup against Friesen. All right. That's that backs up pretty much everything I liked about him as well. So uh, we got one more. We got uh, Corey Heim over Zane Smith. Um, once again, Corey Heim uh, kind of talked about a little bit already. So for the same reasons, we like him. And we're kind of fading the uh, Zane train again this week. And I feel more confident about tra- about fading Zane this week than I did last week because Zane Smith's speed has really come this year from the intermediate tracks, and this is the farthest thing from an intermediate track. So you get Corey Heim here; he's very good in this in uh, a KBM truck, and I feel like uh, front row really, and Zane Smith, you know, front row being the the team that Zane's drives for just hasn't really had the pace on, on the shorties this year. And uh, it's shown and he's, if you look at him and his speed specifically at short tracks, uh, 
he's just inside the top 10. He's actually below Eckes, and he's definitely below Corey Heim. So, wow. I mean, he's consistently bad. I mean, you know, consistently below in, in that stat. So, we, we saw that at IRP. He qualified mid-15s, close to 20th. So, I mean, I feel like that's legitimate um, data there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize it was so bad for the Zane train, you know. Um so I, I'm, I'll go with you. I'm, I'm telling you, I like the KBM trucks and just about any market. So um, get to fade the smaller team here. I mean, Zane is probably the better driver, but who knows? So give me the horsepower. Yeah, sure thing. Cool. So I think that about wraps it up unless you have any secret ads that I don't know about. No, I mean, I would lean. I mean, we're already playing Chandler Smith for – the latter and um, there's a matchup for him against John Hanumachek. If you don't have like the, the finishing positions for, for whatever reason, or like maybe the value is gone, then I would just go ahead and play the matchup. It's plus 110 against um, uh, it's Jim Smith versus John Hanumachek. It's plus 110. So if you oh. can't get in on the other ones, go ahead and play that. I feel like that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, some folks uh, don't have access to the top three stuff. So um at the same price, you, you got to figure they'll, they'll, uh, you know, both be, be in the mix for a top three. So, um, yeah, I, I like that a lot as a nice pivot. Sure. All right. Cool. So cup series, a couple guys, I really like to bet on that, that we are getting some action in on this weekend. So lead us off. Yeah. So let's start with, uh, Sam Mayer. Now, um, I was, I got really lucky here personally. Um, I, <laughs> I got Sam Sam Mayer at uh, fifteen to one, and I texted you immediately, and I said this might be a really good play here. And then uh, I think and it had to be under five minutes that moved to twelve to one, and yeah, I think I, now it's even more than that. I was gonna say I I got your text, I logged in, and it was still showing up fifteen to one. As soon as I hit submit, I got the long pending circle and uh, so it went to 12 i was like son of a bitch that is a good play so i missed out but i still played it at 12 to 1 would would you recommend still playing it there i would still play it at 12 to 1 yeah um josh barry was the other guy then he moved from 10 to 1 to 8 to 1 so i'm like yeah i'm not sure i'm gonna play josh barry to win at 8 to 1 so so i I, I would definitely take uh sam Mayer now at 12 to 1 and uh I'm, I'm kind of going back to what happened with Sam Mayer in the truck series. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what truck it was, but he did go out and he, he raced his first truck race at Bristol, and uh, he he went out and won the race. Uh, it, it, very impressive. He kind of, I, I believe, he drove through the field to an extent, and uh, he kind of ran away with it at the end. So Sam Mayer, I feel like it, this might be a track that he really suits his style as far as uh, racing goes. Yeah, it's funny, man. Um, that was like, you know, right when we first started started mm-hmm. doing this whole thing. And uh, that was also the first time I had ever heard of Sam Mayer. I, I had no idea who he was. And you're like, we're betting this guy to win. I said, okay. And then he won. I was like, man, NASCAR is easy. You know, <laughs> never, never heard of this guy. But uh, yeah, I, I remember that that race very, very well. So I'm not sure if we had the win ticket, did we? Because I I think we had like a top five or a top three. Because at that time, top five or top three for him was like plus 1,200 or whatever oh, it was. I think 60 to one was the outright. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it might have been a top three then at a crazy price. I'll have to go back and look. But yeah, that was the first I'd ever heard of Sam Mayer. I'm like, damn, Steve 
Steve nailed this one. I, I don't even know who it is. So that was really <laughs> cool. We'll get into um, the next play for um, a, guy, a guy that's a similar situation, but in the Xfinity series with Sammy Smith. I have him uh, 20 to 1 this week, and uh, he's currently practicing in the ARCA race. I believe I saw he moved to the top of the board immediately, even like on lap one. So he's already showing pretty good pace in the, in the ARCA series. So he's going to get very, a lot of track time. But unfortunately for some and others, I mean, we saw I saw from Bob Pockers, PJ1 is back in play this week. Heard that. Yep. So Sammy Smith is going to get a first taste of the PJ1 and how that kind of applies in you know, to the race cars, I'll get a feel for how that is down there on the bottom groove. So, yeah, you know, it's very good experience to know how that's that's working in. For sure, for sure. So I'm, I'm glad he's getting some extra tra- uh, track time because that that is a new element. Um, but you know, we have fond memories of Sammy Smith too, cashing that that 12 or 15 to one on the top five at the road course a few weeks ago. So sure, we do love Sammy Smith. Um, 20 to one to win, pretty sweet. And I, I see here, not to spoil it, but he's on your card for a top five as well. Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, you're getting um, plus 200 in DraftKings and uh, open up an MGM at plus 230 for a top five. So MGM, not a book that we've been going to all that much the past few weeks, but maybe they've uh, maybe they're not getting enough action. So now they got to kind of be a little more generous with their pricing. And uh, I think it's overdue because uh, I wasn't playing anything over there at MGM, but. Maybe they're trying to reel us back in this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see that, um, you know, the pricing is better over there this week because, quite frankly, it's just been unplayable for the majority of the season. I, I have, you know, slowly been keeping less and less, you know, bankroll in there because it just hasn't been necessary. I haven't been able to use it. So it's, it's nice to see that, you know, I might have to reload MGM here in the, the, the coming weeks. But I, I like the pricing. We're, we're getting some good some good value here on these top five markets. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, MGM is the clear better um, book this week when it comes to top fives, and especially this series. Um, so we have Josh Berry plus one hundred uh, on DraftKings. He's minus two hundred, so that's a that's a whole dollar difference. Um, I got I got Sam Mayer um, on DraftKings early. He was plus one hundred and fifty. He's moved down to plus one hundred, but you can still get him at MGM at plus one hundred and forty-five. Uh, Sammy Smith we talked about thirty cents better on MGM, and Brandon Jones is another guy that's significantly better on MGM plus two hundred that we're that we're going to play this week. Uh, I like Toyota this week, not specifically because of the on-track speed, but because of the pit stop speed. Uh, Toyota has been just lethal when it comes to the pit road this year, and especially Xfinity and in the cup side too. But Brandon Jones, uh, he is on another level when it comes to pit stops, and that's going to be very important this weekend at this track. Yeah, I mean, those guys are – just they, they come out of their shoes. They're so fast. It's unbelievable how, how he's gapped everyone. And we've talked about it a, a little bit, even before we had this, this data, like this, you know, extensive data that we have now that, you know, seemingly the equipment and the pit crew was making up for Jones's lack of talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's shown cause the guy can make some real boneheaded mistakes, but 
this car is fast. They're top six in season, uh, season long green flag speed, number one pit crew. So a lot of things working for it. And, you know, a top five price of two to one, sign me up for that. That's, it feels like a coin flip at two to one odds. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, here, this is a situation where Brandon Jones, I was, I was shocked to see the numbers on him for him on like the, the concrete tracks and like the shorter tracks. And this guy is showing legitimate race pace as well as, you know, you couple that with his pit crew. And this, this could be a very good weekend for Brandon Jones. And if you can, plus 200 for a top five, you, you got to lock that in. Yeah. I, I did a little, little write up here for, for Jones. And when we made it uh, recent short tracks and concrete surfaces, He's fifth overall in average laps led and eighth in fast laps. So that's a good car. You know, that, that is a good car. And um, I, if they unload fast, I, I think two to one is certainly a ticket we can cash more times than not. All right. I mean, yeah, from, from my concrete um, statistics here, he's actually ranking better than Noah Gregson this year when it comes to concrete, uh, concrete track specifically, which is uh, for those, for those who don't know, uh, Martinsville has concrete in the corners. Dover is concrete th- throughout and Nashville is concrete throughout. So those three tracks, uh, Brandon Jones has had more um, better driver rating than Noah Gregson this year. So that's very impressive. That is impressive. Wow. Wow. Didn't, didn't know that. Um, but cool. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move down the card a little bit here. You've got one matchup. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see a whole lot in the values, you know, not a whole lot going on for value this week in the, the matchups, but, uh, I did find something. Um, I got Ty Gibbs over Noah Gregson. Um, I guess you could talk about, uh, again, Gregson, not really, uh, hitting the concrete, all that well this year. Um, and then the pit stop data, uh, Ty Gibbs is with Toyota and Toyota has, you know, they, they in general, they've had the better pit crew uh, amongst all the teams compared to J, JRM. Noah's actually got one of the slower pit stop uh, number, pit numbers, mm-hmm. which is surprising because he's been probably the fastest guy on the racetrack this year. So for him to overcome um, a slower pit crew, uh, it's pretty impressive uh, as far as his driving talent goes. Yeah. I mean, we're, I, I think, uh, I think that that shows why he's the guy that's going to be moving up next year, you know, uh, why he's going to be in the cup series. Cause the kid can wheel it. And he's one of our favorites. We, we love the guy and uh, I'll be excited to root for him on Sundays, but for now we're going to root against him on Friday night and take Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, Ty Gibbs, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, both moving up to the Cups. Well, Ty Gibbs is projected to move up to the Cup Series with the Kyle Busch news now. So I can't see anybody else filling that seat. I mean, it's Ty Gibbs' time to learn that new car. And so, I mean, you have to assume at this point that he's going to move up to that 18 car in the Cup Series next year. So that should be be good for his psyche. He'll probably want to finish strong. Um, in uh in this car in the Xfinity series for sure for sure yeah I, I definitely think that 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 18 is his next year so uh you know grandpa joe owns the team <laughs> he brings uh plenty of, of monster energy 
money. So I think that that seat is definitely his and they are going to be in fine shape next year. But um, I found one that I wanted to talk about if you want to add your All right. know, two cents on it. But over at Caesars, I saw that Ryan Sieg was plus 260 to finish as the top Ford. So there are five Ford drivers in this field total. Riley Herbst is the favorite, minus 500. Then it's Sieg, plus 260. Then you get Joe Graff Jr., um, who else? David Starr, and some other schlub who I can't remember at the moment. And they're all plus 4,000 or worse. So we immediately cross those guys off. And so we have a head-to-head where we get Sieg plus 260 against Herbst. I think that that is pretty good value. We were talking, you know, off air about, um, you know, this being a cutoff race and Sieg is on the outside looking in. Herbst is, looks like he's safely in the number. Who knows what will happen, but looks like he's, he's got his ticket punched. Uh, and Sieg will probably need to win in order to make the playoffs. So this is a team that we have seen a lot do crazy strategies. Just, you know, mm-hmm. get off the main cycle, get off what everybody else is doing and, um, you know, hope for the best calculated risk. Um, and then I, I looked at his, his overall speed, you know, it's just behind uh, Herbst in the Dover Bristol metrics mm-hmm. that we use. Um, Sieg's average running position was I think 1.4 positions behind in the, the seven race data set in the, the recent short track plus concrete, he was less than two positions behind an average running position. Uh, he actually a- averaged more laps led than, than Herbst as well in that data set. So it doesn't feel like a layup. It doesn't feel like an easy play, but it feels like a dog with some life, which I think is all you can hope for with a plus 260 ticket. So what are your thoughts? Are you fading me? Are you are you in? What's going on? Well, first of all, I, I got to talk about Joe Graff Jr. Um, he's in the group, and um, Joe Graff is pretty much is a lock for one wreck a race. So he should not be a factor, as you said. <laughs> Hopefully he runs into um, uh, you know, our target or takes out all of the other Fords, which would be cool. Just, <laughs> just leave Steve all by himself. Um, yeah, man. And Riley Herbst is a guy that we've seen get into trouble, especially like at these close quarters racetracks where you can make mistakes pretty easily. Riley Herbst isn't a guy that definitely seems to wreck um, more often than we would like. And I would say Ryan Sieg is a guy that would hopefully be the, the guy that takes care of the race car a little bit more. And um, yeah, plus 260. You're you're pretty much playing the um, playing the number there for sure. So I I, I don't mind that at all. It, Sieg was very good at Martinsville, um, one of the con- courses that are concrete in the corners, pretty decent enough at Nashville. He was just behind Riley Hurst. Riley Hurst is really strong at Nashville, but Nashville is kind of the more of a closer to the intermediate. Uh, situation there and um we've seen guys like aj amendinger be really good when his race car has been really bad in intermediates this year so um probably get probably advantage sieg and closing the gap there because of the short track this week less aero dependent less horsepower dependent so yeah i mean you you touched on um herbst his ability to just make an absolute mess out of races and when I saw this line, my first thought, I thought back to Daytona 
when I tweeted out, man, Riley Herbst has had an eventful night, like during his fourth spin of the night. It just, he can really muck things up when, when he's got a good car. So mm-hmm. you'll go broke laying five to one on this guy <laughs> in any market, even if it's like to cross the, the checkered flag to stay on the lead lap, you will go broke betting on Riley Herbst at, at that kind of number. So, man, I, I, I get a head-to-head against Ryan Sieg, who's hungry and going to be, you know, all in, probably bringing their best car that they have in the garage here. I'll take my chances. All right, let's do it. Cool. Uh, that's all I had for, for Xfinity. you have anything else? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the practice session tomorrow because I want to I get some more data because I feel like, we're struggling in the department this year when it comes to data, when it comes to short and shorts, uh, steep tracks. So I feel like that's kind of the reasoning why we don't have a whole lot of head to heads because it's just not enough to go off of. Right. Comparisons are, you know, Phoenix, Richmond, Martinsville, Dover, Nashville, New Hampshire. Those were all flat. So it's not a whole lot to really go off of besides the the surface, which is the concrete, concrete surfaces, which is a, good comparison but i want to see more more steep more steep tracks and that's just not really uh in the cards so far this year yeah or it doesn't look like next year either (laughs) since the schedule just came out but um listen i spent a lot of my time handicapping these these lower tiers so you've been carrying the show already i hope you can continue to do so what are we looking at for cup McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Bravo. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, a little bit of a surprise in the Cup Series for me. Well, not, not really a surprise for me, I guess. Um, I, I'm kind of starting out my card with Joe Logano um, to win the poll, uh, Amarola and Eric Jones to win the poll. Um, starting out with Logano, uh, I feel like he's kind of going underlooked this weekend. I haven't seen a whole lot of love for Logano this weekend, which is a little surprising. I feel like a lot of this general but it, uh, betting public is kind of taking the shorter odds this week with guys like Hamlin, Elliott, Kyle Busch. Uh, I'm not afraid to go back to betting Logano because of his kind of his prowess on the short tracks this year. And um, he's been stepping up his game recently on the intermediate tracks as well. I just feel like Logano is a guy that uh, when a playoff start, he kind of kicks it into another gear. And uh, this is a great place to, to continue that. I remember um, in the recent past, Logano was leading for uh, Chase Elliott. Was, uh, he kind of drove it in there on the bottom, knocked him up into the wall. And uh, they, they kind of had a little bit of a feud. But 
I mean, Logano, this is a good racetrack for Logano, and he's been very strong on short tracks this year. Uh, he won, I believe it was at Gateway. Um, and and we're not using Darlington too much, but that's a steeper track. So if he's good at riding the, riding the top a little bit, so yeah, maybe a good combination. I was just going to say with the PJ1, maybe that, that second or even – you know, groove two and a half might, might show up. So uh, that'd be cool. I, I hope that's the intended outcome there. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal with the PJ one is going to be to kind of get the bottom lane going, at least for the first half of the race. But generally what happens is it runs out and then the, the top lane becomes dominant. It becomes a momentum track, just like Darlington. So we'll see if Legon can continue that uh, pace he's had this season. Nice. Um, cool. So uh, where else are we looking? Are we going to the, the outright winners? Yeah, I was going to um, – we're going to go back to Kyle Busch this weekend. Okay. And this this is a spot for me that Kyle Busch uh, is ready to kind of move on from, like, his recent struggles. Um, we talked about it uh, on the show with – I think it was with Rory, and that was a couple weeks ago. And that, that's kind of like the time where he started to figure out where, where he was going to go. It's probably going to be the RCR. And he, he was running really, really well and you know, at, at Darlington. And then the motor gave out, and um, that was that. He was running in P1, though. So, I mean, the car was really fast. Um, this – I want to make sure – this is this is correct, right? That was Darlington, right? I th- I, yeah, I think you're right. Okay. I make sure these races you move by so so quick and the weekends move by so fast. I want to make sure we're on the same age here. But I mean, this, this is Kyle. Bush. They've considered this to be Kyle Busch's playground, and Bristol is his wheelhouse. Um, if you look at his track history, it is very very good. He's led the most laps amongst anybody in the field the last five races. Uh, driver rating is near the top, if not at the top. So uh, this is a spot where Kyle Busch can kind of put his distractions behind him. He knows where he's going next year. It's the eight car, and uh, it's playoffs. So, again, Kyle Busch is another guy that can get it done when it matters. Yeah, I, I like the the Kyle Busch angle here. Um, it's probably got to be, like, like you said, it's got to be a huge relief to be able to put all this stuff behind him, to know what car he's going to be driving next year. Um, you know, and, and to try and go out on top, I, you know, through all his theatrics and clowning around and, you know, media stuff that he says and, and all that stuff, I think he is a professional and I think he, he will want to go out on top. He will want to, um, not just, you know, to be a professional for the organization, but also like a little, uh, a two-sided thing here. Like, how could you let me go? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a NASCAR champion. I'm the NASCAR champion this year if he wins. Like, so I think part of it is be a professional. The other part is, you know, I'm going to smile at you and I'm going to go win a title as a big F you. So Kyle's a complicated dude, but I, I like him and I root for him. And sometimes I don't know why, but I like this, this, you know, this win wager eight to one. It's a short number, but I think sometimes you have to play the chalk and even if it's just to protect the rest of the card. So I do like Kyle mm-hmm. Bush and I'm with you. 
Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Kyle Bush should go out here. And I mean, I don't think there was really a whole lot of uh, intention for JGR to actually keep him because I really think, as I said, Ty Gibbs is, is ready to move up and learn this new car. And I think the goal for, for Gibbs was to get his grandson in that car as early as possible. And we saw- I didn't think it would be Kyle. I really didn't. I, I thought it might be might be Truex. I was just going to say Truex decided, you know, I guess it was halfway through the season this year that he's not going to retire next year. So that took up another spot. Uh, Hamlin is still racing for for Gibbs. He's not racing for his own team. Uh, Christopher Bell, we like Christopher Bell a lot. Second half of this season, uh, you know, he's he's running really well. So there's no reason to want to get rid of him. So there's really the only guy to get kind of – get uh, Ty Gibbs into a seat was getting rid of Kyle Busch and his contract. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's how the, the cards fell surprised me, but you know, I guess, I guess the writing's been on the wall for a while there with him. I mean, you can kind of tell how agitated he, he was there in the middle of the season. So I, I guess he, you know, he, he probably had more information to read the tea leaves and know what was going on, but um, yeah. So we're on Kyle Busch here. Um, who else do you like going down the card? I, I talked about Logano already, fifteen to one, um, really strong this year. It's been, even even on concrete uh, surfaces, um, Logano has been strong. Um, oh, okay, yeah, Logano has been fourth best on concrete specifically, uh, and my data set here really. Um, do, something must happen at Dover. I don't have anything there. Um, like I said, he was strong at gateway. Um, Kyle Bush was also strong at gateway. It's just a side fact there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lugano really strong at Richmond short track. Um, always good at Martinsville. So short tracks kind of Lugano's thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is his time of year. Like you said, this is, this is his time of year to, uh, to start showing up all the experimenting that he may have been doing throughout the year, put that aside and, and let's see the results. So it's always like a different Joey in the playoffs. And, and I like it. Cause I mean, it's kind of, you know, you know how to handicap it if you know it's coming and, you know, Logano looked good last week. I, I would expect him to look good again this week. I mean, he won on the dirt here and, you know, he had never raced a dirt race before in his life. So he can get it done around this place. And I, like you said, I, I expect him to be strong. And I expect that notebook to, mm-hmm. you know, propel Blaney as well. I, I think it's mutually beneficial there. Yeah. And I was just going to, I was just going to go down that route as well. I mean, I feel like this could be a situation where uh, Penske as a whole uh, has a good weekend because we've seen. I'll, move, I'll just say it now. Ryan Blaney is my next play at fifteen to one, because Ryan Blaney's run extremely good at Bristol, and he, he kind of um, he runs into issues sometimes where he get, you know he, he wrecks um, really to, to, a lot of times to not of his own fault. But mm-hmm. um, Blaney's been really really good uh, on the uh, um, you know pretty much all the short tracks this season, whether it's flat. Um, steep. It just doesn't really matter. Just Blaney's been really good. Penske's is, uh, Penske, even in in, in, the, in the IndyCar series, they just for some reason this um, organization just likes short tracks and flat tracks. So 
that really benefits Blaney and it benefits Logano in, in both areas there. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Blaney, and you know, he's come out this year, and and boy, he's been on the other end of some really bad luck this year. But uh, he's come out and said that you know he's got to start racing people like they race him, and mm. you know he's got to be a little bit more aggressive. And I agree because his his car has been fast. I mean, they they have had great speed this year, and he hasn't done much with it. So if you're going to get going, Ryan, get going now, buddy, because I got a lot of season championship futures on you. So I, I would love to see you bank a win here and and uh, get yourself safely into the next round and then go get another win and move on to the final four. Cause uh, you know, you, you and I, Steve, and, and all of our followers, we, we put out Blaney as a, a championship win ticket earlier this year. Luckily we have some other long shots that have come, you know, come to fruition here with Chastain at 200 to one being super alive and, and some others. So, um, but it, it, it's, it's about time for Ryan Blaney to get going. Yeah, I agree. And, um, Good news for us. Uh, the only guy locked in to the next round is uh, our guy, Christopher Bell. And so he should be racing relaxed this weekend. I don't really have a play on Christopher Bell this weekend, but I just want to give it a little bit of a side note there and a kudos to him for kind of uh, proving we were right that Christopher Bell might be the guy in the playoffs this this uh, this summer and and end the season. Yeah, I, I don't want to toot our own horn here, Steve, but I went back and I read <laughs> that article today, like, before we mm-hmm. went on the air here about an hour ago and man, we, we like really laid it out perfectly so far. So I, I hope, I hope that you got on it at 16 to one cause it is nine to one now. And we also put it out for the championship four and that was at plus two fifty, and that has been halved to plus plus one twenty five now for Christopher Bell. So I really, really, really hope our listeners hopped onto that one. Cause this, this baby's a train that's not stopping. All right. Perfect. Um, Moving on to the next out right here, I got Eric Jones at uh, plus five thousand. Um, I was, I could, I was looking at Eric Jones's numbers, and this was shocking to me. But I looked into his twenty seventeen race. Um, he put the thing on the pole, so that's kind of where I got his pole wager from. And then I, I kind of watched it a little bit to see like what he was, what kind of car he was in, how he was running. He was in the seventeen. I think it was a furniture row car. So that's interesting to me. I, mean, I, I don't know how that car was really performing at that time in 2017, but I can't imagine it was like, you know, top tier. Um, but Jones is just, has been really good at kind of uh, taking these mid to lower performance tier cars and uh, getting some pretty good showings out of them. So this has been a, a good track for Eric Jones and, he knows now that he can win in that 43 car. So this is a time for maybe him to um, – it's, it's playoffs, so he can kind of uh, race uh, relaxed. There's no pressure for him to uh, try to get in victory lane. Just kind of just do what he can and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Eric Jones doesn't owe us any money. You know, we, we no. <laughs> hit him at 60-1. to 1. He's a crowd favorite. He's got a great dog. Love that guy. And, um, you know, anytime that we can, we can hop back – you know, in, in the saddle with Eric Jones, I'm ready to do it. Um, catching another really long number here, 50 to one. That feels good, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking back at furniture row, Steve, and it was in 2017. You said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, I think that was the year that uh, they won the championship with Truex, right? Gotcha. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was the same year or not, yeah. but um, I don't, I don't remember Eric Jones all that much in that car. So I'm like, oh, I'm not really too familiar with this. It, did they go down to, like a one car team or something. I'm not sure what really. Yeah, uh, 
2018 was their last year in existence. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was it. So, uh, yeah, Eric Jones was 19th in the owner's championship points that year. So, wow. In this, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then he turned around and put the car, put that car on the pole and finished second. So finished clearly, second. He, he, yep. yeah, clearly he has, uh, he took a liking to this racetrack, even, you know, in that car too. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like Eric Jones. So glad to see that we're going to be, going to be there again. And you have one more, you said? Yeah, I'm just I'm sprinkling uh, Chris Busher a little bit here. Uh, it's for one reason only. I mean, I, I guess it's not it's not for one reason only. Um, he was I he was on the pole at Dover, and I consider Dover to be um, a large Bristol. Um, Bristol is kind of like a mini Dover to me because the surface is the same. I feel like Bristol is only a, like a little bit more steep than Dover is. And um, yeah, Chris Busher was extremely fast at, at Dover. He put on the pole. He was uh, leading for a good amount of the race. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the guy that was uh, better than uh, Busher pretty much was Denny Hamlin all day. And he was very, he's very good at Dover, very good at, very good at, at Bristol. So guys that are good at Dover, I like to be good at, at Bristol. Um Chase Elliott was another guy. He ended up winning the race at Dover. So I'm going to talk about him a little bit later too. But Chris Buescher was also very good at Richmond. Uh, Buescher was running down. Um, who was it that we had at Richmond? I believe it was Chris. Oh, man. I can't remember back that far. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> I think maybe Christopher Bell or something. I remember Har- Harvey was in the mix too. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Busher was running down the leader, um, and then he kind of just lost a little bit on a long run. But short tracks have been decent for Chris Busher, um, and very good for at, at Dover. Dover specifically was good for Busher. So, yeah, I, I like that play. I'm with you. I, I will be playing that as well. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about Chase Elliott. He's a lightning rod, especially after uh, his dust-up with Kevin Harvick last year. Very, very memorable yeah. there. Uh, looks like you have him in the top three and the top five. So what do you like about, about Chase? So I was looking at my options here, and I, if, if you would ask me straight up who I think wins the race, I think it is Chase Elliott. But I just uh, – the number for Elliott was a slightly bit shorter number than Kyle Busch. I believe it's like 750 or 700 in some other spots. Um, I mean, Elliott has been – when you combine short tracks and concrete surfaces, has been the, the number one car by a pretty decent gap. Uh, Denny Hamlin is the next guy below him. Then it's Agano and then Kyle Busch in, that, in, in my uh, data set here. Um, uh, Elliot won at Dover, uh, should have been Hanlon that won at Dover. I think something happened with Cody Ware in that, in that race, but yeah, that's right. It was Cody <laughs> Ware. Yeah. And, and then that was the race where, uh, Hamlin's tire passed him on pit road. Yeah. That that's all. Yeah. So, and Hamlin still had a, had a top driver, a very good driver rating. So I just goes to show how good the car was, but Elliot won that race at Dover. Um, he was strong in Nashville. He was um, New Hampshire, another short track that Elliot's actually not been good at, and he still had a very fast race car in New Hampshire. So Elliot's good at the short tracks, and he's especially good at the concrete tracks. 
Uh, Bristol's been very good to Chase Elliott. So looking at track history here being good for him. Elliott has 311 laps led in the last five races at Bristol. And Elliott's kind of been the fastest car this year as far as raw speed goes. So you're kind of getting a little bit of all, every angle for, for Chase this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I really wanted to go back and, and bet Chase, you know, just because he was so fast last year at night, you know, and the, he didn't have a chance to to really battle it out for the win there at the end because of the stuff with Harvick. So I I, I really like uh, Chase and a redemption story kind of thing here. So, you know, the top three at two to one feels like a great, great uh, price. And then, you know, the even money for the top five. I love that as well. Stacking those together. Um, so happy that that Chase is on the card this week for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to add one more note to this. I think it's a really important one. I think the difference maker between Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott this weekend is going to be the pit stops. Sure. I think Chase, yeah, I think Chase is going to have a slightly faster car on the racetrack, but Kyle Busch on pit road, there's nobody better than Kyle Busch on pit road, and that matters a lot at Bristol. Huge. His on-off time is elite. His pit crew is elite. And it, it becomes apparent when you're betting against Kyle Busch, which we've done a couple times this year in head-to-heads. Um, and then we had we had Martin Truex to win a stage. Uh, where was that? Um, I think it was Darlington. Wasn't Darlington. It? Yeah, it was like 14-1 to 1 to win a stage. And Truex took the lead on the racetrack. And then they, they had the pit, gave it up on pit road to Kyle Busch. Got back by Kyle Busch. They had to, you know, pit again. Same story. Kyle Busch retakes the lead. It's like... Kyle's team is always picking up spots because Kyle is so good at getting on and off efficiently that they just go to work. And that, that team is elite. So I feel way more comfortable betting on Kyle than against Kyle in a lot of situations. The pit crew themselves, every time they showed the pit times, it was a full second every time better than Truex. And that's his teammate. So we're talking about teammates. Kyle being a, a full second faster than his teammate as far as the pit crew goes, you know, on pit road, that's just that's absolutely insane to me. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of the the Eckes and Ben Rhodes thing. Like, right. you know, Eckes' team is a full second better than Rhodes every single stop, and they're on the same team. So kind of strange, but kind of cool. So if you can find those disparities, you certainly have an edge in betting. So uh, let's see. We, we've got Kyle Busch for a top five as well, and then a couple top ten guys. Now, these are guys that aren't normally on our – on our card. So uh, who are you looking at here and why? I'm taking some, some longer shots. I think this week for the top 10. Now the one guy I don't have on here is Eric Jones. I feel like I probably should be adding Eric Jones. I think he's like plus plus one eighty for a top 10 finish. Super durable. Yep. We're doing it. So I got to officially add that to the card probably at some point before tomorrow in the practice session below him. I have Eric Almarola plus two ten. Um, Almarola, a guy that's not in the playoffs, but um, we've seen two guys this year in the first two weeks not in the playoffs or winning races. So I feel like it with the new gen, next gen car, it, the speed is just so equal across the board that it doesn't like it doesn't matter who's in or out of the playoffs. If you have a fast, if you if you can get it, you can get it done week to week. You can get it done at a racetrack you like. Um, 
I, this is a racetrack that Amarola, I feel like, is uh, pretty good at. He's better at the short tracks. Uh, Richmond, New Hampshire come to mind. And uh, Bristol specifically. Even Dover, I think I feel like, has been pretty good to Amarola. But he just had some bad luck at Dover. And um, so if, you, if you're good at Dover, it feels like you can also be good here. So um, I don't know if I have any... Uh, this year numbers for Almarola. I'm looking right now. Yeah, I mean he's he's just outside the top ten. So if you get plus two ten, you get a couple guys that have some issues on the racetrack or on pit road, and Almarola's right inside the top ten there at plus two ten. Yeah, I mean we we actually we were actually in the house when Almarola was running really well at Dover. And what do you do? Uh, tire fell off or something? Cut a tire? Yeah, a tire went down. He absolutely smoked the wall. Yeah, I mean it, the whole place shook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Almarola, for whatever reason, normally, you know, the, the concrete flat tracks like New Hampshire, he catches a lot of steam or his wheelhouse, but you know, maybe he gets along with this one too. So Dover is, you know, the most similar comp that we have. So no reason to think that a top 10 is out of, out of reach here. Plus two ten. Yeah. Let me read the numbers this year for Almarola and like on some short tracks um, out of a, out of a one, um, Martinsville 0.86, um, Gateway 0.97, New Hampshire 0.85, and uh, second Russian race is 0.8. So that's all 80 percent out of 100. So you, you give me a B average on Amarola for all those tracks, and um, that should be that's equal to top 10, right? Yeah, especially two to one, more than two yeah, to one, so, um, two ten. Yeah, all right. So tell me about. Stenhouse, you are, we already talked about Busher, but tell me about Stenhouse. This guy is a wrecking ball. <laughs> I mean, um, that's that, that, that's that's true, but I don't think it was really his fault. I mean, he had two tires that kind of went down, one in practice, and then again it went down during the race. Before that, the car had race winning, you know, pace. And it was re- really surprising, but. Stenhouse is, seems like a guy that's really good in this type of uh, this type of surface. Um, really strong at Dover. He's running inside the top five and um, really good at uh, last week's race at Kansas. He was kind of running the top there. Um, get Bristol, going to be another track that's uh, very momentum-based. So Stenhouse is a pretty decent play there, plus 300, in my opinion. Done. I, I'm I'm sold. It doesn't take much, but I'm sold. <laughs> cool. And then uh, we got Busher there as well. And we already talked about him in the, the win market at plus 350 for a top top 10. So but let, let's dig into these head to heads because we, we actually do have quite a few here. Sure thing. I mean, um, head to heads is kind of where uh, we lay most of our lumber. So. Gotta make sure to try to get these correct, you know. And I, I like the, some of the options we have this week. We got uh, to start. We got uh, a little bit of a Kyle Larson fade. We got Kyle Busch over Larson and Chase Elliott's over Larson. Now we kind of already talked about what we like about Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott. Um, I guess we gotta talk about what we kind of don't like about Kyle Larson, um, and that's uh, I feel like the books are kind of using Larson's data from previous years. Now we know Larson was extremely fast. He won nine or 10 races last year in that five car, but we haven't seen those kind of results for Larson this year. And I just feel like he shouldn't, he doesn't really belong up there in the echelon of 
Elliot and Kyle Busch this year. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's you, just, you, you said something. Yeah, you said something really interesting that that struck a chord with me. You said that the, we you think the books are using data from last year to, you know, set these this market for this year, and that just hit me in a funny way because that's exactly what we did in the beginning of the year. We were using last year's mm -hmm. data and trying to extrapolate what matters and use it in this year's car. And that put us in a huge hole in the beginning of the year. So Absolutely. when you say that, and then you tell me we're going to fade Kyle Larson, I, I, I kind of, I get it. And Kyle Larson is one of the biggest name brands in NASCAR. He's last year's champion. He's my girlfriend's boyfriend. And <laughs> I now we get to fade him and that feels good. I love it. I love it. It's a good thing. We don't have Rory picks on the show this week. Because we'd be talking about this for thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his boyfriend too. So everybody, <laughs> everybody in our circle loves Kyle Larson except us this week, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I've seen a whole. I haven't really seen a whole lot, a lot of the general public on Kyle Larson either. Not that, not that we really care about that, but I guess just a side note on that. But I guess most people kind of agree with us on that. I mean, he he ranks this year on shorts and concrete tracks combined in my metrics, he ranks 12th, you know, below guys like Truex, Byron, Kurt Busch, Blaney, Bell, Harvick, Bush. They're, they're all ahead of him. And um, even Almarola is the guy below Kyle Larson. So there's a, there's a decent uh, gap as far as the raw numbers go between Larson and Almarola, but that's kind of just the running order. And uh, that's – Larson shouldn't be the third favorite with numbers like that for this season. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I can get behind it and I, I know why we're doing it. And it, it feels, it feels sneaky. Good. It feels really sharp. All so, right. Yeah. So we got what, um, it looks like a, a little Tyler Reddick fade here as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel, I guess, quite as good about the Tyler Reddick feed because I'm, I'm concerned about one thing in this, and it's the fact that, like I said before, we have data from this year, but we don't really have data from this year in a track like Bristol. And we've seen Tyler Reddick really struggle on short tracks, but most of these short tracks are flatter tracks. They're not momentum racetracks. They kind of, you kind of use the brakes more and... This is uh, a weekend where he's kind of using momentum from the top groove for the most part. So we really got to hope that Reddick's struggles on the short tracks in general continue. But I feel good enough about it to kind of back guys like Logano, who have proven to us that he has speed, and uh, Ross Chastain. You're getting over Reddick there at a plus number at plus 105. Um Ross hasn't been exceptionally fast at this type of these types of racetracks, but he's his numbers have been better than Reddick at the shorter tracks. And Ross was extremely fast at Dover. If you remember Dover, uh, Ross and Truex kind of getting into it at the end of the race there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Ross was running inside the top five at that point. So I feel yeah. confident enough to kind of back uh, Chastain and definitely back Logano. Let me let me ask you this as well. So we we know that that Kyle Busch is coming over to RCR next year. We know that Reddick is going to JGR the following year. So next year is kind of a lame duck for for Tyler Reddick. 
you know, it's probably going to be a bad year. He's not going to get, you know, the equipment advantage and all that. He's not going to get the best that RCR has to offer. I, I, I think we, we know that's coming. What happens this week? It is a, it is a cutoff week. Austin Dillon just below the playoff line, Tyler Reddick just above the, the, the cut line. Do you think that RCR will filter the, their best stuff to Dylan this weekend? Or, or is Dylan the, the driver they're trying to protect instead of Reddick? What do you, what do you think? I, I thought that was a narrative that we could back until I saw Tyler Reddick absolutely blow the field away at the road course. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if that really plays into it. I'm just looking at the raw numbers and Reddick's kind of been struggling at the shorter tracks uh, this year. That, that's kind of the angle I was taking. Gotcha. Well, you know, I love a good conspiracy. So that that's, <laughs> that's where my mind immediately went, but Hey man, I, I, I like the number angle a little bit better than what's going on in my brain. That's for sure. So uh, what else we got? We got what Logano yeah, over Chastain. Logano over Chastain. I, I, I guess I kind of want to make this a little more clear. I kind of misread my notes a little bit. The, the Reddick fade is from uh, Chastain over Reddick plus 105 and uh, Ryan Blaney over Tyler Reddick. Okay. Ryan Blaney, I feel like it's a we we can confidently take against Reddick because I feel like Ryan Blaney can, can win the race in this situation. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds good because you know we've got him for a win wager, so might as well you know ladder him in a head to head. So right. I, I I dig it. And Logano over Chastain was that other play, and that's kind of like backing Penske again and. Um, uh, I just feel like Logano's going to have more race pace than Ross, but I feel again, I feel like Ross is going to have more race pace than Tyler Reddick. So I yeah, feel pretty comfortable playing in both. Why not? Yeah, if we go two and on on those, that is brilliant handicapping. I, I love <laughs> when we have the one, you know, player A over player B, and then player B over player C, and when they all come home, it's like hell yeah, man, we're the fucking best at this. I I love it. There is a concern about Ross Chastain getting punted this weekend, so you, I guess you kind of want to have a leverage, a, a hedge there, for in case something like that happens. This is this is this is the this is the weekend to see if if guys are going to get the re, the revenge tour on Chastain at Bristol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you can kind of make it look like racing here. You can look make it look very discreet, that's for sure. Yep, and it and it doesn't take much, so we might see it now. It if he does get punted. I still think he's safe over the cut line. It looks like he's got a, a 32 point buffer here. So I, I think he's going to be yeah. safe. Um, we hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that a 200 to one ticket would be <laughs> so fun to cash. And plus I love Ross. I got his little die cast here on the, on the shelf and that, that would be, that'd be fantastic. So uh, do we have anything else? No, that's all I got. I don't have any uh, manufacturer plays yet. Yeah, I really looked too deeply into those, but normally we sure we sure hit a nice one last week. Yes, we did. So to everybody that that doesn't listen or you know follow us on Twitter, I guess you know if you listen, then then you're listening right now, so you get to hear the story. But uh, Steve and I were handicapping the openers uh, for DraftKings, and boy, did they drop the ball. We may have gotten somebody fired last week, Steve. <laughs> So does that make uh, you feel bad, man? No, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Uh, we all have jobs and we all have to be good at it or else we won't be employed anymore. So that's true. Yeah. So <laughs> they opened up Bubba Wallace to outright win the race at 20 to one kind of a fair number. Cause Kurt, 
Kurt smoked everybody at Kansas in that car earlier this year. So 20 to one felt very fair, but then we were looking at the, the different props and things. Cause that's where you can sometimes find abnormalities. And we saw that Bubba Wallace was 70 to one to be the top Toyota. Now there are what? Six Toyotas in a field, Steve. Uh, six it used to be seven with like Timmy Hill, but he's not racing anymore in the cup series. So. Yeah. So six. So it was 20 to one to beat everybody or 70 to one to beat five other guys. And guess what? He cashed them both. Uh, and we had the, the 70 to one ticket that was up for, I don't know, all of what, like four minutes. Um, but I think there was seven or eight of them floating around the, the discord in, in that, in that time period. So uh, the DJ crew got the best of DraftKings this weekend. Oh, I, it's a beautiful thing when that happens. Beautiful thing. Yes, sir. So, yeah, man, normally by this time we have a, a few more plays because we've, you know, it's normally Friday night at midnight. We've seen some sort of qualifying or practice of some sort, but we've seen no on track uh, action so far this weekend. So we'll, we'll cut it here and, Hope that you follow us on Twitter at Speedway Steve 2. Um, you know, we've got some more articles coming out. We'll be dropping cards uh, an hour before the race. If you want early access, head on over to the dgens.net, T H E D E G E N S.net, three day free trial. Get all of our picks as we make them. Steve, anything else you want to add, brother? I think that's about it. Um, I've been surprisingly happy with um, the practice data we've looked at after the practice sessions. So I'm perfectly okay with kind of uh, lowering the amount of plays you do pre-race because it, you probably agree that um, what we've looked we, we've looked at with practice data has very much so matched up to what we see during the race. So. Yeah, and that I don't think you do get in on the, what we put out after practice as well. Yeah, I, I and I, I just want to take a minute to uh, victory lap for you, buddy, because there are not a lot of people in this world that are as smart as you. I, I am just in awe of, you know, some of the things that you come up with that, you know, the, the, how data correlates with other things and, you know, taking something as simple as practice data and, you have a, an absolute secret sauce. So, you know, we're not going to talk about what you do to the data here on the air, but in the last couple of weeks, it has just been dead perfect as to who's going to be good on the, the long run, who's going to be good on the short run. And we make a lot of very sharp in-play wagers on head-to-heads and different things like that. And it just plays out like a script, like, like you have a crystal ball. And I just, you know, I'm bowing down to you here on the camera it's amazing and i'm just i'm thankful that you're in this here with me i appreciate the kind kind words as always man um obviously i can't do what i do without you either because you put in a lot of work and it's uh, appreciated across the board so um let's uh keep it going until the end of the season here and then we'll see what uh, 2023 has to offer there may be some exciting things on the horizon so yeah, stick with us, gang. There, there's there's uh, going to be some cool stuff happening here in the Speedway Steve 2 world. So stick with us. As always, we appreciate listening. Have a great rest of your day. Steve, take care, brother. You too. Take care, everyone. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner offer this podcast be held responsible for damage.
messages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.